Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, consider joining my crew on Patreon to win amazing prizes like our adorable merch, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, and incredible sex toys. Go to patreon.com slash sexedwithdb to join my crew. Get discounts at all of your favorite sex toy shops at sexedwithdb.com. And follow us on Insta at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. If you want to partner with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. Are you falling into a pattern with your partner? Looking to spice things up but aren't sure how? Exit the ordinary with Lion's Den. Lion's Den has hundreds of your favorite brands to help you and your partner reconnect or try something new. From novices to dungeon masters, there are products for every comfort level. With 50 plus years in business, Lion's Den is here to help. Can't make it to a local store? Shop online and chat with a customer service team member while you shop. Lion's Den offers our listeners 15% off in-store and online using code SEXEDWITHDB. Xens believes that intimacy and wellness are deeply connected. Their ongoing mission is to educate and empower all people with vulvas everywhere so they may recognize and nurture that connection. Developed by people with vulvas, for people with vulvas, in the south of France, their entire line is made from 100% vegan ingredients. They never use parabens and are firm believers in not using GMOs. Check out their blog and use promo code SEXEDWITHDB for 25% off at xens-usa.com. If you're like me, it's important to choose a toy with body-safe materials and a proven orgasmic track record. Fun Factory pioneered body-safe toys and has a serious cult following of vibrator enthusiasts. Honestly, you can't beat their medical-grade silicone toys. Not only are they long-lasting, they're also designed by German engineers for serious motor power. Ready for an ubergasm? Use discount code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off your new favorite Fun Factory toy. Good morning, Lola. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Danielle. How are you? I am so good. I am thrilled to be with my co-star of the Netflix docuseries, The Principles of Pleasure. Um, You are so incredible. And I'm so happy that we get to chat about you and your career and sex toys and so many things. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Let's dive in. I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us about your work. Okay. Yeah. So I'm Lola, aka Dirty Lola. I'm a sex educator based in Brooklyn. Um, I've been in New York for a good chunk of my life at this point where I'm from South Carolina, but I'm like, I think after you pass the 20 year mark in New York, you're a New Yorker. Yorker. (laughs) You like start walking down the down the street getting pizza and just your your accent really thickens it's 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 just you don't get I'm like people are like oh I'm like yeah never mind I'm from New York um a lot of my work in sex ed centers around uh, edutainment which is um teaching people through some form of entertainment so whether it be uh workshops that are fun or um that lean a lean away from the academia so still giving information but broken down into more digestible pieces um made to be a little bit more um fun so people like remember them um or like doing shows like before the pandemic i was doing sex at a go-go which is my live sex ed q a and variety show and i want to bring that back but that's how i love teaching people and i think um it's how I reach people best. And I always used to say, I want to be like the schoolhouse rock of sex because we all remember, like, I know about bills and electricity. I was going to say, instead of I'm just a bill, it's like, I'm just a clit. Yes. I'm only a clit. (laughs) But all of that is it's stuck with us. Right. And you know, those things. So I feel like if you teach people in a way that was funny or a joke or something, but it's actually some facts, then they're like, Oh yeah. That I remember this and it sticks with me and it doesn't feel like, oh, you're telling me what to do or it's a class. And I think that works for some people. Some people thrive in academic, 
you know, surroundings, but a lot of people don't. And when it comes to sex, like trying to convince adults to go back and take, if we said, you know what, you should go back and take sex ed. A lot of adults of all genders would just scoff at you. They'd be like, what? Ugh. But Little teaching did they them know. something. They would right. really benefit from it. They would. And I think that's the great thing about the principles of pleasure is even though it's a documentary, it like flows in a way where if you're somebody, my friend goes, this is great for people with ADHD. She's I mean, like, we're talking about a thing and then there's a cartoon. And my brain yeah. is like, okay, I can stay in this. And Switch. it's funny. Yeah. yeah. And then she's like, there's chunks of science, but like not too much where I don't start to zone out. And then yeah. there's this. And I'm like, yeah, right. And you remembered stuff and it's been sparking so many great conversations. Um, and that's, it just... It's so in line with how I do things. Um, it's it made it's made me very happy to be a I'm part so of it. Glad. I'm so glad. Me too. And we're we're definitely going to get into that. Um, but thank you for introducing yourself. I completely am on the same page with you about edutainment. I think it's so fun to be able to make people smile and make people laugh and educate them while doing it and make them really like think about ways in which that they can improve and learn and get better when it comes to their own sexual health and wellness. Yep. And so we are aligned, my friend. Uh, so South Carolina, what was your sex ed like growing up? Like, how did you choose this field? What oh, what man. happened to you? What didn't happen to you? Tell me everything. I mean, I don't at any point in my childhood, if you would have told me that this is what I'd be doing, I'd be like, oh, I, okay. I mean, I also wasn't a kid who had like any idea of what I wanted. Nothing seemed interesting. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't know, I guess a princess doctor, ice skater. Like, I don't know what I want to do. Um, and, and in South Carolina, like we, you know, my sex ed was in the fifth grade. Was it fifth grade? Yeah. Like fourth, fifth grade. No, it was like fourth grade. We got like the year period is coming talk. Mm -hmm. And it was a, I don't know if you've ever seen this. It exists. It's on YouTube. Because I was like, was this a fever dream? Disney produced a educational film wow. about getting your period and like uh, what to do. Like if you're in school and you get your period and like, you know, how to probably wash your panties and all these things. Wow. But it was a projector film. Oh, wow. Because I am projector film in elementary school years old. Um, <laughs> and I remember they put us in the, we were like in the guidance counselor's office and they were doing like the girls from each class. And I remember being there and watching it and then they turn on the lights and they're like, and there you are. Do you have any questions? And like, that was, that was that part, but they didn't really talk about, I mean, they talked about bodies a little bit, but it wasn't definitely not about pleasure and it didn't really get into a lot. It was more like, here's something that might start happening to you. So now I'm like on the lookout for my period. Like, Oh God, what's going to happen? It's a coming. Yeah. And then I think fifth, sixth grade was when we did the like bodies and this is where babies come from and how babies are made and STDs and things. And then subsequently through the rest of middle school. And then uh, I did high school here in New York, but we always had like that one unit in health that, was supposed to be like the sex unit, but it was just about here's some gross pictures of chlamydia. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> why herpes. do they do that to people? They're it's like, it's terrible. It's terrible, and it's they're like, here's herpes. This is what it, and it's like <laughs> the worst case yeah. of herpes. And right. they're like, this is what it looks like, yeah. and which is why there's so much stigma and all the things. Right. Um, but yeah, I but I have always been very curious about sex because I I was I had some trauma as a kid. I went through like sexual assault, which sadly a lot of us have experienced in our youth. And part of that is for a lot of folks is hypersexuality. But for me, that manifested in like man um, masturbating very early. Mm -hmm. Like when you in the in the show when you're like you were masturbating at the age, I was like, yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I remember the day I figured out that felt good and I could do it myself and I was like oh okay this is oh what my. we're gonna be doing but I hid it because my mom I I did get in trouble yeah she, I did get yelled at for masturbating and and I did get in trouble for masturbating and my heart um, breaks for your young self yeah but it didn't stop me I mean I still did it and it made me 
very ravenous in trying to find things. And I had stumbled upon my grandfather's like porn collection. He had it under oh, a bed. Wow. It was under the bed very that we slept classic. in when they babysat us. Oh, wow. And, and it wasn't even like in a box. It was just like stacked up. And I was just not asleep and hanging out. And like I had my hand hanging off the bed. And I kind of was just, you know, things you do as a kid. You're just like, what's under here? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, there's something under here. And I pull out a nudie magazine. And I, so I'd wait for my sister to fall asleep and I'd pull it out and I'd read because there'd be articles, not art, like people would write letters. So it would be like mm. dirty stories and stuff like that. Wow. And then I started going to school and taking surveys because I would see words like, I'm like, oh, they call it a cunt. Okay. So I, and I'd go to school like, my mom calls it a cootie cat. What's your mom calling? Do you know <laughs> people call it a cunt? Have you oh ever God. heard that word? Doing research. That's yeah. Because so I was so curious where I'd go like, have you seen porn? Um, I wanted to know, like, is this normal or other? And I didn't even go to adults. I knew no adult would tell me and I knew I'd get in trouble for yeah. like knowing about the porn. So I was just going to other kids like, have you ever seen anything? Like I didn't take it to school, but I was like, listen, this is what I found. Have you ever seen anything like this? Can we talk like about your it? clipboard? Yes. I did. I had a little notebook and I was just oh like, I want to know. And I I'd be at it. lunch sitting at the table. Like, so tell me. You like have your recorder on the table. You're like, listen, this is being recorded. I need your consent. And they're like, I need do you have, know. do you have my juice box? Like what's going <laughs> Where'd on? Where'd you get this? Why do you have a recorder at lunch? And so that just carried on through life of wherever I could get it. Like if I uh, stealing people, like my mom's friends, Cosmo magazines, I don't know if people know, but like Sylvester Stallone posed nude in a Cosmo magazine back in the day. Wow. Yeah. And I remember being at my mom's friend's house and they're like in their room gossiping and she had left me with like a, a children's book to like just hang out and the TV's on and I'm looking and being nosy and I'm like, Oh, what's this? And it's a Cosmo and it's like naked Stallone, just naked. And I was like, Oh, and I remember sticking it in like this kid's book and like trying to pretend I was reading. <laughs> and my mom, of That's course, so because the magazine's sticking out. <laughs> and she's like, you, this is, and she just goes, this isn't for you. This is for grownups. And I just, man, drafts. You got drafts. Yeah, or I don't remember where I got this book from, but it was a smut book, and it was like a pirate. I still remember the goddamn story, but it was like a pirate. It was a girl pretending to be a boy to stow away on a pirate ship, and the captain finding out that she was a woman, and then having a tort affair while blackmailing <gasps> her to not reveal to the rest of the crew that she was, oh my god, in fact, a woman. And I just remember like reading through it, and so that's I, I've always. Whatever I could get my hands on. Voracious appetite. Yeah. And whatever books in the library that were sciencey, but still talking about bodies, I would check out and read. And that was just me. I just like, I wanted to know and nobody would talk to me about it. And I'm like, why do I feel, I can't even talk about how my body is feeling because you're going to tell me it's dirty or you're going to tell me it's because of what happened to me, which was like. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to talk to anybody about that. I just want to like, can you just answer my question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and thus Dirty Lola was born. Yeah. And reclaim that term maybe. And, you know, like put it all out there unapologetically. I think yeah. that's that's incredible. Um, thank you for sharing all that. That's so wonderful. I really especially love the surveying your friends at school. It's so funny. Um, okay. Let's talk about the principles of pleasure on Netflix. Um, for those listening who haven't seen this, this is a docu-series. That's a three-part docu-series about like 45 minutes to an hour each part. Um, on Netflix. And Lola and I and many, many other amazing sex educators and voices and regular people and doctors and experts are featured in this docuseries. And it's all about pleasure and pop science and, you know, our minds, our bodies, our relationships is kind of how it's themed. And, uh, you know, we are both featured in this, which feels incredible. I'm sure we both have, you know, very similar kind of reactions to seeing ourselves on TV and kind of being, you know, I'll speak for myself, but I was very like awestruck at like, you know, just seeing myself on the big screen, big screen and like being so proud and happy. And I would love to know what it was like for you and what it was like for you to, you know, be interviewed for this and see yourself up there. And has it always been a dream of yours like it's been of mine? Yeah, I 
Well, I'll tell you the two emotions. The two things I was worried about is do I look cute? Because, you know, you. I don't know if you worry about making weird faces. Of I make weird faces or I do I talk out of like one side of my mouth. I'm like, oh, man, why can't I just be more even? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so I was like, did I do really weird face things for this? And what are they capturing and how are they going to use it or what is it going to be? So I was worried about looking cute, not looking weird on Netflix that where it's going to just live and I can't do anything about it. And then I was worried about like just the overall, like what it was going to look like because they didn't really have an idea. Like they were in the middle of filming footage, but I don't think they even had a full formed idea of how they were going to like put everything together yet when, Mm -hmm. when we were doing my bit. So just being so relieved at how lovely it looked and sounded and all that. So besides just seeing myself, it was just the package of like, oh, this is just really nice. Yeah. And then seeing me and I'm like, I look cute, but also like, wow, I'm smart. Because <laughs> I yeah. forget what I'm, what I said or what I, you know, I was like, wow, you're a smart lady. Yeah. Like <laughs> you you're you. patting yourself on the back for like yeah. your accomplishments. Yeah. And I, I think, I won't say everybody, but I know part of it is always like being on media in a media that is consumed by the masses has been a thing because I just, while I I totally believe people can do work and stay in their communities and their bubbles and it's needed and not everybody needs to be consumed by the masses. I want to be, (laughs) I'm a Leo. Yeah. I would like to be that, like, that's kind of, and it's where I live and kind of where I shine and like, I think it's an extension of the type of work I do is to be in media and doing this work and being a really good representative of my industry, which was really lovely to get feedback from people saying like, oh my God, like, thank you for talking about sex toys and like, that this is your work and like, it's work and yeah. that people can see that you are like an expert who does this thing that people kind of demean a lot of times or put down or don't think of as actual work. Um, but it was it was very. I kind of joy blacked out because I, I got to get a peek of the first episode. And then when I rewatched it with friends, I'm like, I don't remember any of this. from. <laughs> I like remembered it vaguely, but I'm like, I think I kind of like just blacked out from like happy and how well it was going oh yeah I totally relate I'm just like yeah. I, I almost want to watch it again of like you know you don't really know when you're gonna pop up so you're kind of like right. your buttholes just like clenched the whole time of like preparing to see yourself yes. it's true you are and you're like or, or you're just like how did they use these bits like I was trying to go back and remember the day of shooting and I'm like oh I wonder if they use this or if they use this or or if this thing that I said that I was like oh is that not the greatest did they end up using that thing or Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of like intensity that makes it hard to pay attention but I've now watched it with three different friend groups so the third friend group I'm like y'all excuse me if I'm not like buoyantly excited i'm still excited but i've watched this twice and now i can actually watch it right yes like and forget almost that you're in it right just like oh yeah i forgot yeah and just see it as a show but yes i'm it's it's a it's definitely one of those things where i'm like my enemies are gonna see me on netflix oh my god i have had the same kind of thing of like oh my god everyone these randos from like middle school or like coming out of the woodwork to being like hey like whoa you're so cool like really good job like that's so neat and I'm like oh that thank you that like that's nice and at the same time thinking like the people who hate me or like think that I couldn't do this or think that it was weird that I was doing this like fuck you like it makes me feel so good that there is a career in this and the fact that you and I and other sex educators and quote unquote regular people like who were featured were able to have their voice heard and be on this, as you say, like massive platform for millions of people to view is so powerful and unique. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it is, it is definitely like one of those uh, moments of it doesn't matter like the people on you know all the people online with all the trolls and stuff i think i had somebody try to say this 
so there's a whole like I've had all this weird drama arise from other things that then because I'm on the show, people have been like trying to bring drama to my doorstep. But oh, it's been this moment of them going like, oh, well, they were on The Daily Show and I think they got more views. And I'm like, they got more views than a, a three episode docuseries on Netflix that's airing in multiple countries and has only been out for countries? three days. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. And it only been at it three days at this point. And I'm like, also, where are you getting your numbers? Because it's not like Netflix puts views They're not anywhere. But there's no way that there's no way that this and not even for me being like my ego, but there's no way a daily show appearance has gotten the same amount of views as a multi, like a global show only out for three days and is going to continue to be out in an accessible way. Whereas this show is like, maybe you can find that clip on Netflix on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, no. so it, I'm just like, <laughs> like get out of here. Get out of here. You're not even living in reality. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, and what about like, you know, your, how this aligns with like your goals and your dreams? You're telling me, you know, that you are a media personality and you love to edutain people. So I'm assuming that this um, fits completely in line with like what you're, you know, what you imagined and, and like how, how would your younger self, I guess, like think of you now? I, I think my younger self will be very, first she'd be like, wow, this is totally veering off course of what we thought we were going to do. But in a way, that's Dr. Like, Ice Skater. Well, yeah. Well, in high school, I thought like I went into high school thinking I wanted to be a writer and I was writing a lot and I have the awful journals to prove it. Um, but I was writing a lot and I really, my goal in high school was to be, to work for a magazine. Like I wrote a letter to myself, you know, they make you do that and like, and then the teacher mailed it to us like a year after we got out of high school. And I remember feeling like a failure at 19, uh, getting this letter in the mail. And like I was working in a restaurant and I was had just had an abortion and I was living in a basement. And I'm like, good job, Chico. Like, <laughs> Joke you on know, me, I guess. I, like, huh? Because, and, and I ended up not going to college because it was like, my mom's not the greatest. There was like a lot of stuff and I ended up having to like excuse myself. From, is that what you call it? Like I had to say no thank you. I had to call them and say no thank you. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, I can't pay for it. And, um, you know, so there was a lot. So I think my past self would be like, man, look at us. Look at us. But also yeah. like, this is not at all what you said you wanted <laughs> to do. But okay, girl, let's do it. You're doing it. Um there, I have a friend from high school, which I, I wish I could find him. He's not on social media and I haven't been able to reconnect with him since. But he like he looked at me one day. He's like, you're going to be on TV like because you're going to be on the real world, like oh something like that. He's like, you're going to you're listen, I can already see it. And I think about him every time I'm doing any media thing. Aww. I'm like, Jose, I'm on TV. Oh, I hope and that you can reconnect. I, I do too. Just to say like, thank you for seeing me when I definitely did not see myself. And I remember being like, whatever, boy, <laughs> me, TV, okay. Um, and so I think that is, I think also my past self is like, wow, you've gotten fatter and you're still on TV, girl. Look at you. And Fuck wow, yeah. I thought I was fat back then, but I was so not in my size 14 wide leg jinkos. And look at you, like, so much more happy and confident and bigger. And, you know, like, I think my past self would just be in such awe uh, for so many reasons mm. of, of it. But definitely that we're on TV. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Holy shit. That's so wild. Um, okay. So you had an incredible, amazing segment all about sex toys in this docuseries. Um, give us the highlights of that segment for our listeners, you know, share your wisdom and knowledge for folks, um, who haven't seen it, who, you know, maybe give them a little taste or maybe they have seen it and they need a little reminder. Give right. us, give us the deets. Basically, I'm in front of this beautifully laid out table of sex toys, and I'm talking about the different kinds, like, you know, that there's dildos and butt toys and um, toy for clitoral stimulation. And I'm, you know, picking things up and just talking about how you can use things um, and my approach for using 
sex toys or, or selling sex toys is I'm not trying to ever tell you, you need everything. And if this might not work for you, right? Like you have to go into things kind of with an educated bit about your body and like, will this work for you? Which is, I think a big part of what I was talking about in the show was like, Hey, like if you are a beginner, like you might want this big thing, but this smaller plug is probably the thing that's best for you. And what's going to work for your body right now, or this vibe might be one that's super popular and everybody wants it, but is your body shaped? in the way that can accept the toy and not that it's shaped right or wrong. It's just, it's made to work with like, I was the Eva, which has been, everybody's been like, Oh my God, what is this? Where can I get it? And I'm like, all right, Dame, you're welcome. Um, They put me in the newsletter. They were like, thanks Lola. (laughs) I'm like, you know, like I appreciate that they weren't upset that I was like, Hey, this might not work for you Yeah, because it just might not. And that doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It just means it's, you got to find a different product. I thought that part was super important, by the way, just like a really, really important way to share with people like there's nothing wrong with you. Like you're perfectly fine. You just need to find something that fits with your body. Right. I always use I use a lot of I talk about houses a lot when I try to give people examples about bodies. And I'm like, if you were buying a fridge, you wouldn't say my house is broken or my house is wrong if the particular fridge you want it wouldn't fit in the space made for the fridge. And it's every house is different. Every space for a fridge is different. It, it can take a certain width. It can take a certain height, the depth, whatever. You would never go, my house is broken. My house is bad. Because it won't, you just go, oh, I got to pick a different fridge. And I'm like, that's sex toys. It's, you're not broken or bad or not working. It's just that product wasn't meant for you. And there's so many out there. There's thousands upon thousands of sex toys. Mm-hmm. And, and so many of the types of sex toys, like rabbit style. I don't even know at this point how many styles of rabbit there are but like I had two on the show and I was like this might be like a lot and it might be too much and this one might be more your speed because it's a little shorter and here are the different attributes I can't tell you how many rabbits they make that just change one thing slightly but make it that makes it work for somebody else versus something else and when people look at things they're like these look all the same and I think that was also part of the show of like I know you just see sex toys but I'm here to point out like Here's the difference between these butt plugs and the bases and like why this base might work better for you than another base. And, you know, th- those are all that it's like the minutia of it that people don't unless this is something you're doing. It's not something you're going to, you know, you're not really going to pick up for yourself to like take to the store and go, how do I shop for, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. these are skills that people have picked up a little bit from the show of like having a little bit more of a shopper's eye when they're buying things and thinking about their body. But yeah. Yeah. Super great. To all my friends out there in a long distance relationship, are you feeling disconnected from your boo? Wish they could bring you pleasure in person if FaceTime sex just isn't cutting it? Well, thank goodness for Clona Willie. Clona Willie makes DIY molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a high quality, 100% body safe sex toy. So you can stay connected no matter where you are. Use promo code SEXEDWITHDB for 20% off at clonawilly.com. We talk a lot about sex ed, but when we're shopping for products to support our sexual wellness, exploration, and expression, we head to the experts at Lion's Den. For 50 plus years, Lion's Den has been a leader in adult products. Whether you want to explore a new kink or add a little romance to your evening, Lion's Den has something for all. Each location is brightly lit and staffed with the very best experts in pleasure, passion, and romance, so you can feel comfortable and confident in your purchases. Lion's Den's offering our listeners 15% off your purchase in-store and online using code SEXED with DB. I'm wondering if you can delve a little bit deeper into, no pun intended, um, into like lube and anal, because I think those two things are things that like both are stigmatized um, for many communities. And Mm -hmm. like there are like a couple of simple, really important facts, I think, that you brought up when it came to the show and those two things. So I'm wondering if you can share like a couple of details on those items. Definitely. I think there's one, the one art overarching thing, I think for a lot of people, if that are, you know, like especially cis men, is the thinking that anything that goes in your butt just immediately means you're gay. And I'm like, sex toys, do not decide your sexuality and 
the way you receive pleasure doesn't decide your sexuality. Like it's just different places in your body that have erogenous zones and you can be totally straight and like things in your butt. It's just because especially for um, people with prostates, that's a, that can be a very pleasurable area. So mm-hmm. I try to like, make sure I don't like, eh, don't think that this is making you anything or doesn't mean anything. It just means this is where you like to receive pleasure. But also I find when people are excited about anal, they always want, I'm like, why, why do you always go and pick the biggest thing I have in the store? Mm-hmm. And it never fails. It never fails. People who are apprehensive will try to find the smallest thing. And they're like, I don't know. I want to try it, but I'm feeling nervous. And I'm like, right, you're on the right track. People excited. I've never put anything in my, my butt. I want this giant three foot dildo to take. I can do it. And I'm like, no, you can't. It's not that I don't believe in your you. time. Yeah. It's, it's that you're not there yet, but our butts are just muscle. Right. And I talk about yoga a lot when I talk about butts, because mm-hmm. When it's like when you're doing yoga, you're just you're just stretching your body. You're making your your muscles more limber. Your arms don't get longer. Your you know legs don't get longer when you're doing yoga. You're not stretching your body out where you look like Stretch Armstrong. So like thinking that you stretching your butt is gonna make it this big gaping wiggly hole is just ludicrous. It's what happens is you're just working the muscle. And if you're doing it often, yes, the muscle will start to go, oh, I know what to do. I can take this toy. So it's like, that's why we suggest starting out small. You get used to it and then you move up a size and then you move up a size and you keep going until you can take something bigger. Because your body's going, oh, this is comfortable. I can stretch here. I'm not, it's not going to be, there's not going to be like any discomfort. I'm ready for something new. Also, your muscles will also be like, I don't want this. (laughs) This is too little. I'm going to let it go. It's time for you to move up. But it, it as soon as you take things out, it's the same thing with the vaginal canal. It, we The muscles go back. And what happens with looseness is, especially like with vaginal muscles, is not, it's not about it being just this gaping thing. It's just you have to re-strengthen your muscle because sometimes you overstress your muscle. So that's what happens when people worry about gape. I'm like, unless you are becoming a porn performer who specializes in anal and anal with very large dicks, and you're going to be doing this every day for hours upon hours and hours a day, this is not going to happen to you. Gape happens when you are all the time putting something of a certain size and vigorously working it out. Mm. This is when we say like porn is performance, not real life. Um, but those are some of the things because people get afraid. They're like, if I put it in my butt, my butthole's gonna get so big, it's gonna not work. I'm like, that's not how that's not how it works. Um, people don't like lube. And I, especially for butts, butts do not self-lubricate. Um, they need lube. Lube just makes it easier because friction is everyone's enemy everyone's enemy and so friction just makes it more uncomfortable you need it to slide to slide in like a cushy like a thick lube is great for butt stuff because it just adds a little bit extra to it putting some lube inside your body as well as the outside of your body is great because that helps ease things in um and like i said in the show like when somebody says they've never put something in their butt i'm like here's some gloves and here's a bottle of lube and try it out. You might hate it. Like, don't come buy a $50 butt plug, even if it is a great butt plug, and go home and just try to stick it in your butt because you're probably not going to, even the thinnest, most pointiest one is going to feel like a lot to a virgin butthole. Your butt's going to be like, what are we doing? Why, why are you doing this? Also, because you're going to probably be tensing up. Um and not and not like and and clenching, which is just going to make it harder to press in because the muscles are locked up. Because if you relax, your butt will actually suck things in, which is where we got to the part of the show where I was like, without a base, without a trace. Yes, I love that phrase. It's true though. Butts want to suck. They do. They want to go like a spaghetti noodle. <laughs> and if you relax and just place a plug at the opening and like press it, your butt muscles will pull it in. It's kind of weird. It's the it's like magic. Sensation. It is. And you're like, oh, no. Or I had, I used like a suppository for a thing and my butt just literally gobbled it up. And I was like, 
I know you can do that, but stop doing that. Like, that's just so fast. I was like, Hungry. okay. Hungry yeah, I was like, it was like, you put a slippery pointy thing near my entrance and I just ate it up. And I'm like, I hear you, girl. Um, but it'll do that with like plugs and even plugs that have some bases, like cheaper, when they're not well-made, the, the bases aren't wide enough. And so what'll happen, and I had this happen because I bought a plug that I thought was cute and the base was not wide enough. And the whole thing, including the base, went up and thank god it had a little loop at the end and i was able oh, to wow. kind of pull it out but then of course that was way more painful because now i'm trying to get the base out and the yeah. plug um so it's like little things it's it's things that you think don't matter but you really have to look at like a long you want long or wide you want you just don't want something that can easily slip in um and there's a difference between like stationary butt stuff you know, some people really like having a plug in there that doesn't move or that might vibrate, but it's not going in and out. Some people just like that feeling um, of fullness or they like the feeling because different plugs. There's so many different shapes and there's some with motors in different places because it's massaging mm. different muscles in your butt, in your area. It's like doing different things for everybody. So you might find like you really like the feeling um, right around your opening. Like that's your jam. You might find a plug that has like rotating beads or you might like that feeling a little deeper in. you might find something longer. So all of those things you have to think about when you're buying a plug. It's not just about getting like, what's the best one or the biggest one or this. It's like, as you do it. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to want anal sex because not everybody likes the in and out and yeah. So it's like you could love butt stuff and still be like, oh, I'm a butt stuff person who does not enjoy the anal anal sex. It's it's just I'm just I don't enjoy the in and out. It's not my favorite sensation. I just want it to sit there. Yeah, just kind of <laughs> hang out. Yeah. I like the I like have a drink pressure. at the bar. Yeah. Relax. Just, just wear it. And I like wearing a plug while I'm having penetrative sex, but oh. I don't want necessarily the sex in my butt. I just want to okay. like have all the areas but you figure that out right through trial and error so like i've i did anal training with different plugs and then i experimented with play with different people and butt stuff but sex and i was like nope <laughs> i can solidly say this is not my favorite uh type of sensation but i i do like this you know and you can't nobody can tell you that i can't tell you that and i get a little flustered when people come in and they're like well what do you recommend? And I'm like, I don't know your body. Yeah. I need you to give me some, give, can you give me some information to help you narrow it down? Right. And then they just look at me like, I don't know any of the answers to these questions. And I'm like, oh my. That's a good place to start for them to kind of like experiment and, you know, try different things. I yeah. think like for me, whenever I talk with other folks or, you know, I'm on another podcast or I'm writing about sex toys, I feel like the main things that I try to get across is lube is your friend and know that you can't use silicone-based lube with a silicone-based toy, but water-based lube and oil-based lube are great. If you're using condoms, don't use oil-based lube. Right. Um, so like lube is your friend. Medical-grade silicone is super important because mm -hmm. sex toys in the U.S. are not regulated. They are like novelty use only kind of category. So it's really important that you have your brands that you trust, use medical grade silicone, that's body safe material. That's number two. And then number three is like have fun and experiment and really just try to get to know your body and learn what you like and what you don't. Yeah. And just the silicone thing, I would just to say there's still so much not everything is medical grade and people call things medical grade that aren't me mm. medical grade. And some people call it platinum and that it's just me. I'm like me, if it's still, just make sure it's silicone. Yeah. And if it's not silicone, like if you can't afford silicone and you're out, make sure it's not jelly. Mm. Jelly is the thing we want you to stay away from. Cause that's the worst. That's like phthalates. That's leaching. If you have to get a TPE because it's in your budget, just know you have limitations and you need to care for it in a different way. Like you need to use one hole or the other. So like if you get a dildo that's TPE, you can't sterilize it like you can with silicone, which is why mm -hmm. we always suggest silicone because it's like it can, it'll last you. You don't have to keep buying it, but that's not always in everybody's budget. So I'm like, if you're getting TPE, if you want to use it for both holes, it might, you might pay off more for you to get the silicone so you can sterilize it. If you can't, then if you're going to use it in your butt ever, put a condom on it. 
and just realize like they're semi-permanent. I call them semi-permanent because you can't sterilize them. If you ever have an infection, you're going to infect it and you can't sterilize it and you can reinfect yourself. So then it starts being something you're always using a condom with Mm -hmm. for the life. And they start getting a little gross, like TBE stuff. They don't stay as nice as silicone does. But if, if it's in your budget, I'd rather you get that while you can. And if you're experimenting and you're like, listen, I found this thing I like. It's not silicone, but it's not jelly. I'm like, buy it, like it, see if you love it, upgrade. Mm-hmm. You know, then you know. That's realistic. Like, yeah. Right. And then if you're like, yeah, this, if you found a realistic one that's not silicone and you're just like, I just want to see if I like it. Great. And then if you can go find like your holy grail of the dildo that you're like, worth you spending because there's some beautiful dildos that are like $200 and they're going to last you forever. Like Mm -hmm. unless you chop it up, it's not going to, it's going to last you. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. But I mean, you know, and I want you to have that, but I know it's not realistic, but I'm, I'm here to start where you need to start, Mm -hmm. be as safe as you, you know, can be, and then work up to like the amazingness. Totally. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. We have a couple more questions left. Okay. I I want to know, I want to know like what, what are your wildest dreams as a sex educator? Like what, if, if you could look like five years from now, 10 years from now, what do you hope to accomplish? Where do you want to be? Oh, I think my wildest dream is I'd love, I want to travel the world, both learning and, and teaching. Like mm-hmm. I, I want I know I have a very Western view of the world um, when it comes to sex and like what sex is, how we do sex and things. And I just feel like there's so much I'm not that we're all missing out on and that we're all like not learning. And I want to kind of see how the rest of the world is doing things and like how other people see things and and what sex ed looks like because you know we look at there are some countries that we look at as like oh they're very puritanical but they have amazing amazing sex ed Hmm. uh i did a woman on the street um thing for vice a while back and i ended up talking to people that were from so many different places like australia jamaica and hearing about their sex ed and like that they actually had like a teacher in front of a classroom i mean the australia dude was the funniest one because he goes they come in with this bag of bananas and when you open the banana it's a dick inside and they put and then they teach you how to put a condom on it but like for walking around and i i combed the internet for this i found it it's on amazon oh my god and it's like this plastic banana when you open it it has a dick inside that's so funny it's amazing but I was laughing he, and I'm like, but that's genius. It's like a kind of way to like the kids who aren't doing this class don't have to be witness to this bag of dicks, but they, when you get where you're going, it's like, ha um, But just hearing like the different, the way that like in Africa, how much they are because they have things like the AIDS crisis is still very, I mean, it's very real here, but it's still very, very real. Like they're in a different place than we are right now in it. And so they're trying to educate and what that looks like and that they understand that you need comprehensive sex education. So mm-hmm. I want to kind of experience that. And like, if I could take my show in different places to share that with people yeah, um, and, and just kind of be that little, uh, that space, that kind of safe space where people feel like they're having fun, but also that they're getting information and they're feeling like heard and seen like that's, I want to like take that out more into the world. So that's kind of like my big dream of uh, of sex ed is to like spread it out global, global, global domination. Worldwide. Yeah, that is incredible. I totally am right there with you. I think it would be really powerful to be able to use your knowledge and scholarship and expertise and be able to not only share that with other folks, but also learn from them elsewhere. And traveling is just so impactful and really powerful and wonderful. But yeah, before you go, tell me a little bit about your show, Sex at a Go-Go. What is it? What's your mission? I know with COVID, you know, that probably put a wrench in it, but I'd love to know, you know, a little more about it. And if, if it comes back, you know, where can folks, you know, find out about it and come? Yeah. So Sex at a Go-Go is my baby. Um, I've been doing it for six years. And it's basically, it's a, I wish together a sex ed Q&A 
and then like a burlesque show. Oh my! <laughs> I like squished them together. So the way the show runs is it's myself, a guest, which is usually somebody somehow involved in the sex industry, sex ed relationship, somewhere in that realm and a performer and the three of us answer questions that are, they come from the audience. They're all like anonymous questions from the audience. Um, and then in between there's the performer performs. Um, and my mission was kind of like multifaceted. It was a way I have a lot of weird and or like just the amount of shit I know about sex and stuff just from reading all my life it's just weird. And I throw out facts and I have friends who are like, you need to be, you need to share this with other people <laughs> like besides us. Like you need to share this. with other They're people. like, we're finished with this, but please right. do it. Yeah. Do it. Or just, they're just like, no, people can benefit, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm yeah. just joking. I'm just, no. At first I was like, are you tired of me? <laughs> no. Like talking about this all the time, but it was a way to kind of, I'm like, yeah, people don't know the things I know. So it was kind of this way to give that like space for people to ask those questions and make it fun and funny. And like, you know, I jerk around and do, do things. And then to bring in people that when I started doing this, I was meeting all these amazing educators and therapists, just all these amazing people in the sex positive community. And I'd go back and talk to my friends and they're like, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, you don't know who this is. And so it was also a way for me to showcase these people and share these people and get their work out and let people find out who they are and connect with them in person. Um, and then like I started out a long ago hosting burlesque shows. And if you've never been in the back room of a burlesque show, it's a bunch of folks naked and getting dressed, but also talking about life and being very deep. And some of these people have more, you know, um, degrees than all of us put together and they are brilliant and I and I wanted to kind of turn it on the head of yes this person here is here to titillate you but they're also here going to educate you mm-hmm. and they're gonna you know you might they might be sitting here in like a song in Pacey's but they're about to like read you for filth about this thing that you've asked and like give you all the tea and all this thing so it was kind of this combined mishmash of all the worlds I was in and like putting them together and it's been amazing I've taken it all over the country I've taken it into Canada um I've done you know everything from just back rooms of bars to colleges to conferences and people love it and you know I've found ways to get people like how do you get questions and like you offer people prizes because sometimes people are a little shy but if you're like oh if you put a question in you get a raffle prize at colleges nobody's shy colleges routinely like they'll have a jar and the jar will be overflowing because these kids have just been they're hungry oh yeah to get some real conversation and i'm usually like okay you can't be super dirty and then i open up the first question and it's about anal fisting and i'm like all right y'all you did this not me i did not bring this up you zero to a hundred real quick i was at a college in Al- in albuquerque and there were like five anal fisting questions oh my goodness and I was like i was like okay here we go. So they're you just know, confused it's, by the logistics. They need information. They're confused by the logistics, but that's so. My my goal is to my mission is to educate people and have them leave feeling like they learned a little something, or like they can just have these conversations. Like we're in a back room of a bar. You're having a drink. You're sitting around with strangers, and we're talking about sex. Mm-hmm. And like you know, this doesn't have to be awkward or feel like we can't do this or. It just like realize it's normal and it's it's totally okay and that it's not that your life doesn't end because somebody's talking about dildos while you're in a room full of like strange company. And the the biggest compliment I've ever gotten is somebody wrote me an email and they said, you know, you made me feel like I was in a room talking to friends. Hmm. And I was in a room full of strangers, but you made me feel so safe and okay. And I didn't, it didn't feel like we were just with, with strangers. And that is, I was like, that's the biggest thing. The thank you. The thing that's why I do what I do is that if you can feel like safe, just sharing these little bits about yourself and, you know, 
and getting some some answers, then that's I'm doing what I need to do. Also, people give we get a range. I have all the questions that I've ever gotten in a box and we get the range of like fun stuff. But we sometimes get really deep, serious things that you could tell somebody's like, I've never had a place to ask it. And like and you created that for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. I love it. And I hope to bring it back this summer. Um, And if you want to find it, I have the website is sexedgogo.com. And that's where I will like right now, it's the last post was about me being it's so old because I haven't updated it because nothing's been happening. But when I get a show scheduled and on the books, that's where it'll go. And then also I'll be talking about it ad nauseum on my Instagram, um, which is Dirty Lola. And yeah, so that's how folks can find me for that. So wonderful, Lola. Thank you so much for being on. You are so, of course, you're so inspiring. And I would just love to continue like collaborating with you and like being in the space with you. So we'll chat offline for that. But yeah, follow Dirty Lola on Instagram at Dirty Lola, sexatagogo.com. Lola, thank you again for being on. Really, really such a lovely time. You're the best. As a sex educator, I always have to remind folks that sex is so much more than penetration. There's kissing, touching, licking, sucking, and a fan favorite, nipple play. I love that XNs has products to make nipple play more fun for you and your partner. Try their nipple arousal creams in cute strawberry or cherry. Or for something stronger, try their flavored arousal gels in ginger, espresso, or raspberry mint. Remember, you only need a drop of the arousal gels to start. Get 25% off with code SEXEDWITHDB at xns-usa.com. What's better than your partner's penis? Two of your partner's penises, of course. Say hello to the amazing, the wonderful, the super fun Clona Willie. Made in Portland, Oregon, Clona Willie is exactly what you think it is, a DIY molding kit that allows anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a high quality, 100% body safe sex toy. Because all parts are art. Use promo code SEXEDWITHDB for 20% off at clonawilly.com. Did you know that American regulators consider sex toys as for novelty use only? This means that the materials are unregulated, yet we put them in the most absorbent places in our bodies. 25 years ago, Fun Factory was born with one mission, to provide body-safe German-made toys for a level of safety you can't get anyplace else. I personally love that these toys are not only safe, but also ethically made and award-winning. It's the kind of luxury our bits deserve. Use discount code SEXED with DB for 15% off Fun Factory toys. Our creator, host, EP, and sound engineer is me, Danielle Bezalel, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Katherine Cohen. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds, and our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. Want to advertise with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on IG at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. See you next time.